Hi, everybody. It's Richard Zwicky on the Green Peak. And joining us this week, I have the pleasure of inviting Michael Sassano, who's the chair and CEO of Somai Pharmaceuticals. Welcome aboard, Michael. Hey, thanks for having me here today. So, Michael, tell us a little bit of your journey into the cannabis industry and your approach with regards to pharmaceutical versus any other area. Yeah, I mean, it, it started off, uh, I was in the U.S. cannabis market, which was, uh, you know, started as a medical market and then uh, segued to a, a full-blown recreational market and, uh-huh. you know, like wildfire spread uh, throughout the United States. And uh, I came over to Europe about three years ago uh, and decided to uh, to embark on the uh, pharmaceutical and, uh, and registered medicine side of cannabis. Right. And uh, and now I'm here. I'm over here in Lisbon, Portugal. And Portugal is one of the you know more interesting stories in Europe so far in that it was an early adopter. It's a market in which you find a lot of pharmaceutical processing, but also it's a phenomenal market for growing uh, cannabis down towards Algarve and south of that. And there are facilities there which are capable of at least supplying this year's, uh, next year's needs. But over time, it's going to grow and grow and grow across the European market. Um, what do you see that's happening in Portugal that really should be looked at closely in the U.S. as far as legalization trends? Well, like you said, uh, Portugal was an early adopter for the EU. Um, currently, there's 19 functioning licenses, uh, mostly cultivation um, in Portugal, and they're the inside the EU. They're the largest exporter uh, to other countries, um, and also largest producer inside the uh, European nations. Um, so, you know, Infomed and the Portuguese government uh, really put the I would say that they're very proactive uh, in making Portugal, you know, the cannabis hub for Europe. And, and they've done it for sure. Yep. Um, you know, even if you go across the other European countries, um, you know, you're talking very limited amount of licenses. Um, you know, half of them are sitting here right in Portugal. Um, and you're right down in the, there's there's lots of growers down on the Algraves and there's even more coming online. There's over 100 plus uh, pre-applications and 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 uh, projects that are in the works uh, right now in Portugal. So sitting here in the middle of it is a pretty good thing. It no, it's a great place to be within you know within the European, but also within the global markets because Portugal's going to become really a hub for activity for people looking to import through into the rest of Europe uh, as well. One of the things Portugal did really uh, made an interesting move on ahead of the rest of Europe, but also ahead of most of the world, was uh, the decriminalization of narcotics as a whole and the recognition that the war on drugs is, you know, not been as successful, but it's the people who are dealing with the disease of addiction who are the ones who are suffering. How um, that's had a very positive effect on uh, rates over there as a whole and other countries are looking to follow it. When you look at it from the, you know, from a perspective as a pharmaceutical company, how the discussions change when governments are speaking to you about it vis-a-vis a standard cannabis company? Well, yeah, I mean, Portugal's definitely uh, was was the first and one of a few countries in the world uh, to decriminalize all drugs, um, and they treat it. You're right, just like a just like a, an addiction, um, you know. Cannabis, on the other hand, you know, is a medicine. Yes. And, you know, people need this uh, in order to in order to solve whatever indications they're looking for, whether it's just common day stress or epilepsies and seizures. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, or cancer, you know, and, and eating disorders associated with. I mean, so, the application of cannabis in terms of helping treat medical conditions, there's no, there's no question about it. And everybody, obviously the listeners on this show, very, very intuitively understand so many applications. Only in the U.S. But, do they deny it. Oh, well, only in the U.S. government and some yeah. certain, right? But the the question being more, you know, with the legislators across Europe, how do they, you know, when you talk, when you come from Portugal and they look at the experience of what's changed, has that helped shift their mentality with regards to cannabis uh, across Europe? Or is there still some reticence that you're dealing with? Well, it's it's sweeping all over. I mean, if you look at the German health minister, mm-hmm. uh, he came out and said that legalizing uh, cannabis, um, you know, is a far better solution than not legalizing it. And that's a health minister, not yep. a politician. Um, you had Spain come in and say, look, we're going to make a medical program and, and, and give access uh, to people for 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 uh, cannabis. Um, so uh, I think most of Europe, you know, would treat and, and most places in Europe treat um, any drug as as a uh, as a social uh, issue as opposed to a criminal issue. Um, so they're not clogging up their jails with with criminals. If you're a, a, a dealer of, of hard narcotics, they'll put you under the jail. Right. Yeah, which uh, is a much smarter approach overall over time. Now, where I'm going with this is, of course, you built a production facility in the States, uh, Solaris, I believe, prior to moving over to Portugal. And uh, that merged in with uh, another producer and another company over there um, in the US. But as you're looking and building out your firm in Portugal, are you looking at domestic production over time? or Are you looking more to the global trade taking over? We're 100% in the global trade. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to take over. It just happens to be a different market. Right. Um, the, the U.S. recreational market is going to be that forever, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and and the we each group, whether you're recreational, medical, or pharmaceutical, uh, you'll have your place in the world of cannabis. Um, so right here, right now, what we are is mostly uh, medical. Um, you know, of course, we have some of the bigger pharmaceutical. Mm-hmm companies too so you know there's a place to be served with all of them there there is a huge place to be served by all of them and you know in the u.s people talk about medical but to the rest of the world the use of medical in the u.s is still mostly recreational the way they look at it um but you mentioned recreational versus medical versus pharmaceutical and that's a differentiation that those last two steps medical versus pharmaceutical that a lot of a lot of people need to consider going forward uh, because they are different. How are you approaching that? And how do you look at the industry in Europe uh, viewing that that difference? Yeah, from the pharmaceutical side, you have your examples of Epidiolex and yep. uh, Sat- Sativex Marinol. Um, you know, these, these have, uh, these, you know, are obviously trendsetters for cannabis in the pharmaceutical world. And they're easy for doctors to prescribe um, you know, anywhere uh, in, in any market, um, you know, so uh, the indications are clear, the usages are clear, they've gone through clinical testings, these products took seven to 10 years to make. So, you know, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars was spent on them. And, you know, they have their place. The medical side is a little bit different. Um, although you're treating the cannabis plant as a medical API, so the flower is treated as a as an API. Mm-hmm. Um, the combinations thereof or extracts, which is what we do, 
um, you know, I'm making the formulations and different delivery devices. These go under herbal medicine category because they're considered safe elements for human use. So instead of having to go through all the clinical trials, toxicology, and, and, and that whole entire road, all you're proving out is stability and quality um, in a pharmaceutical setting. So you have to have your facility has to be a pharmaceutical certified facility, EU GMP is what we would call it. And these don't really exist in the United States for cannabis, although some are starting as the DEA has given a few licenses uh, uh, for the medical uh, for the medical uh, side. Yeah. And, you know, the EU GMP standard is one which um, a number of Canadian firms uh, have gone to because they look at the world as an export market and to access the European markets, you need to be there. One of the things that I always look at and I speak about companies within the US is the need to consider that because when the FDA gets involved, it's going to be looking for a similar standard. It's going to be looking for the grades that EU GMP uh, also hit as a minimum viable quality control or, you know, it's production standard is a quality system. It's a, it's a, a, almost a religion within an organization in terms of the philosophy of how product is to be handled. When you look at that, what's the biggest difference that you see from what you did when you were building Solaris to where you are today? I think it's two different worlds. Um, so you have the pharmaceutical GMP, which is, you know, its own standard. Uh-huh. And then the CGMP or the novel foods, which is, you know, most of the Canadians or uh, the hemp growers in the United States are supposed to be uh, conforming to. And then you have the state-by-state uh, mandates of cannabis-licensed products. And I would associate this more with restaurant-grade, um, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, regulations because it's only it's only on the local level, not on the uh, federal level. No, absolutely. And you know, those standards are something which, when the federal government does get involved, are going to be applied universally. And that's always something to consider as a forward-looking organization. But, Michael, we do need to take a short break. We'll be back on the Green Peak in a moment with Michael Sassano from Samai Pharmaceuticals. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on the Green Peak with Michael Sassano from uh, Somai Pharmaceuticals. And Michael, as you've entered the the European market, you mentioned about uh, you know the APIs and looking at the various aspects. What are the products that uh, Somai is looking to bring forward to the European market? We're bringing products that uh, that the United States um, uh, has either accepted or has has uh, has transformed. For example. Um, you know, fast absorption and more bioavailability is something uh, that that we take for granted in the United States now because we've developed those uh, those products for six, seven years. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, over here, they're still delivering um, uh, the the oils, the extracts uh, with MCT oil. Right. So you're talking about a one hour onset and people are getting frustrated. So uh, we're bringing that that uh, U.S. tech over to here. Um, in the U.S., we have probably more interesting delivery devices, uh, you know, whether it's the concentrate market or the vape uh-huh. market, um, you know, or even the edibles market. Um, whereas when you look towards the pharmaceutical side or medical side, uh, you have a limited amount of delivery devices. So we're trying them all um, from transdermals uh, to drops, sprays, um, soft gel caps. 
you know, things that aren't that probably started years ago in, in the United States, but they just weren't great sellers when you were able to buy gummy bears and, and get concentrates and other and vapes. So, um, you know, it's a stepping stone, but these all have to conform to some pharmaceutical delivery device. Yeah. And those, you know, those various delivery uh, systems also have is a question of consumer acceptance, because if you're not familiar with it, it takes a bit longer. And then it comes to the question of the physicians and doctors who recommend the products to their patients or advise patients. That's been the hurdle in most jurisdictions is helping the doctors understand how to use cannabis and when to use cannabis to help treat certain conditions or when the patients come to them how to advise the patients how are you seeing that change because obviously um, how that happens in europe is going to be replicated in the u.s as legalization does come forward but also in general doctors are becoming more proactive yeah i mean for sure um you know over here that's the holy grail is educating the doctors and we have no choice but to proceed on a path of, of further clinical uh, studies. Right. So uh, we, will, uh, we will have PK studies and absorption trials. Um, you know, that's, we, we want to prove out, you know, what's getting into the system. And then we're also going to in vivo trials because they are safe. The, the products we're creating are already deemed safe for human right. use. And we'll prove out different indications. So uh, we will go straight to those kind of trials and prove out things like arthritis and different chronic, you know, different levels of chronic pain. Um, mm-hmm. So we can have those indications uh, listed uh, with the usages for the doctors over here. And and I think that's the only way to do it. There's no shortcut. It's uh, that's the path. Yeah, no, it, it is the path. And eventually, of course, things will be taught in medical school more commonly than they were a few years ago, and that's going to help as well. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned earlier about Germany and the the changes coming there. And, you know, it can't happen fast enough. And a lot of the market's expanding more rapidly than the, the legislation is following. What do you look at as being the timeline there? And which countries do you look at being fast followers? Yeah, I mean Germany is the Germany is the the main leader of the EU unions. It's like yeah, nuclear. it's the engine. Yeah. So uh, for 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 the health minister to come out with this, every other health minister is now you know you know on guard and moving forward with their own programs. Um, what you ha- we will know uh, this year, uh, the health ministers mandated to to uh, come up with the rules and regulations um, before the end of the year or he gets a budget cut from the politicians. Right. So, uh, and so he he's motivated to do it. I'm not sure if he likes that or not, but he's gonna do it. And he was actually indicating that he was gonna do it this summer. Um, so um, you know, we're gonna find out very soon what that looks like, but you can be sure uh, it'll be pharmaceutical grade product. Uh, this is a health minister. He's not gonna uh, go down to novel foods. Uh, I don't see that happening. They've had a, enough trouble trying to get uh, the hemp laws passed over here, which they still uh, have not been able to do under the novel foods. And they'll treat it as a narcotic is my general assumption. Um, and then it'll just become how do they how do they distribute it? Will it be U.S. style dispensaries? Possibly. Um, you know, for sure, you know, the pharmacies will be main distributors, but they don't necessarily want 100, you know, cannabis products. You know why uh, they have somebody coming in for their antibiotics. Right. Um, you know, 
Um, so you're going to see that they have to open it up in different ways and possibly social clubs. Uh, we have seen that in Malta. Uh, Switzerland's got 10 trials in Zurich, uh, the coffee shops of the Netherlands and uh, the, the, gray, the gray zone uh, 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 clubs in Barcelona. So, you know, yep. the, I think they get the social aspect of cannabis also. No, absolutely. They absolutely do. And so, you know, one of the things you touched on there was novel foods and narcotics. I remember in 2020, the regulatory framework changed four times for how CBD alone was going to be classified. And that was a nightmare for the industry. It went from, you know, a narcotic to a novel food to uncontrolled back to a, a narcotic in terms of the interpretation of how things would happen. And of course, the UK went down its own path, which, uh, like so many other things with Brexit and everything else, they've set themselves apart. But how is the market stabilizing? Is there, are you, you know, there isn't really much discussion anymore of changing the definition at the most base level that I've heard recently from the perspective of novel food versus narcotic, but the classification of the different products is going to to swap. And that's something you just alluded to that is a bit different than a lot of people are speaking about. Yeah. I mean, look, if, if you, if you look at the most of the countries, they're looking at these uh, these derivatives uh, and these products as narcotics. Right. Um, you know, they read the news, they hear about Delta Eight, they hear about Delta Ten, Delta O. They hear about all of this, and they're not amused at all. And mm -hmm. and then they do not want these kind of products being kind of you know we bring this in and then and then you know in the side door you end up with a product that'll knock your socks off. Um, you know it's not really where they want to be. Um, and, you know, that's only slowing the, the, the industry, the, the movement for the cannabis over here is, is that indecision, uh, you know, to go forward. Um, so, you know, at least what we know is that, you know, if we play it down the center and treat it as a pharmaceutical, we're in business. And yeah. if we, if things should happen to change and open things up to a greater accessibility, um, so be it. Um, but the idea that Germany will, you know, which is extremely regulated as to quality standards of even pillows. So, oh, yeah. It's much more stringent with regards yeah. to consumer products as a whole than the U.S. I highly doubt that they're going to want to change that classification, you know, uh, you know, anytime in the near future. No, absolutely. And the, the model by which they're approaching the market is truly focused on medical and pharmaceutical as opposed to recreational, where because... In the U.S., it went state by state. The definitions have been much more loosely applied, and there isn't really a true pharmaceutical uh, industry for the in in the U.S. Although you know there's things like epidiolex and the like, but that's not the same. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. Uh, you're exactly right. But you know, there's no reason for the U.S. Right? Uh, if you can open up a dispensary and a grow tomorrow and sell your product tomorrow. Uh, why would you go to a model where you can open up a facility and then you'll be able to sell your product in two years? Of course, um, you know it's it the 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 money uh, the money paradigm and research paradigm isn't there uh, for the U.S. market. Um, but still, I mean, sixty percent of the clinical trials are going on in the U.S. and you know thirty five percent over here, and that number has been increasing. So I think uh, you know if, if you think about it, you need a product that has been grown under uh, under a pharmaceutical certification, whether it's GACP and then converted to GMP, that mm -hmm. would be what you would need in order to do your studies. Or if right. you're gonna use extracts 
Well, you would need a product that was, if you're going to register that product, you need to get a product that happens to be made under pharmaceutical grade conditions. So um, I think the Canada had an edge on that for a while. I think Europe uh, definitely is, is, is going to have, you know, the edge in the future on that uh, without a doubt. Yeah, and unfortunately, Canada, because of the dilly-dallying and strange application of, you know, the path forward, lost a lot of advantages, which uh, which is a shame because a country that really had an early lead um, gave it away. Um, but that's my political statement for the day. <laughs> with our, you know, and we are going to have to take another short break, um, but we're going to be back in a moment with Michael Sassano from Samai Pharmaceuticals. I'm Richard Zwicky on the Green Peak. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on The Green Peak with Michael Sassano from Samai Pharmaceuticals. And Michael, um, you know, one of the things that I built a company down in Colombia, and it was designed around large-scale production for the medical and pharmaceutical industry. And that hasn't come to fruition in terms of the market opening up from a trade perspective, although it's changing rapidly. With with an eye towards that and the ability of jurisdictions like in South America to produce well below 10 cents a gram, um, how does that change the uh, strategy for a business like yours looking towards the future? Well, we, because we sit in Portugal, we can import from any legal country mm -hmm. uh, that's registered under the pharmaceutical uh, cannabis rules. Um, so whether it's Uruguay or, or Colombia, uh, Macedonia, South Africa, Lesotho, uh, now now Thailand. Um, you know, all of these countries are are source uh, source material uh, for our products, and and they are growing and a lot of it. And so, bringing them here, uh, you know, is the is the next gen for for the global cannabis market because they want to get to Europe where the pricing is higher. Yeah, and the you know the value for them is much higher, absolutely, and. One of the, the things that's going to happen is you know, Colombia is starting to allow exports and has been allowing exports this year, um, where it was previously everybody was producing and warehousing product. There's going to be a flood of products available. It's going to have a bit of a transformation on the market price, but then it'll standardize and legal and level out again. But what's going to be the differentiator for you as a pharmaceutical once it's in an API as to the source? Well, you're always going to, you always want your source, your source material to come from quality and the highest standards. Um, that doesn't mean that it can't come from, from all of these other countries. In fact, it can. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's, you know, if you look at any industry globally, um, you have countries that can produce products for much better prices. Oh, yeah. And there's almost no reason for somebody to be growing up north in Canada. Like if you think about it, the electricity costs, lack of sunlight, lack of good environment, you know, all of these reasons, you're, 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 you're making the plant do what it doesn't want to do, whereas these places uh, can make the plant do exactly what it, they want to do, and they have a cheaper labor source. Yeah, and Canada makes no sense long term as a production <laughs> area other than, you know, craft growers under certain conditions. But, sure. you know, that's been a, my hypothesis for many years. Um and, you, you know, you say it can be grown anywhere. If you look at poppies, they're grown in Afghanistan and they're not all that well controlled, but they are supplying a major part of the European pharmaceutical market. It's at the transformation level that it really becomes the medical product. Um, and that's going to be true of cannabis as well. 
right? Although it's going to be better controlled, the reality is it's going to be at the transformation uh, stage where that pharmaceutical grade is really going to kick in in terms of processing the product to be the right uh, grade and quality for the output. For your business, where do you want to be most involved? Do you want to be receiving the bulk raw product or purely at the end stage of, of uh, constructing the molecule? Well, we want we want to uh, take the raw product uh, and be the people that are extracting that down. Um, you know, that's only because uh, for the Europe for the European Union, um, that's probably the best place to be in order to qualify your product. Um, of course, we could source the actual distillates uh, from other countries. This is this is not a bad idea, but the regulators have not got their their mind around that yet. Um, right. Could that be something in the future? Well, we you know our our we we got the VTA one hundred, which can produce as much as we need. Yeah. Um, you know so. Uh, you know, it would be nice to take in the crude oil from somebody that could do it better, but you got to really register all of those steps. Um, and we haven't really got our mind around that yet um, because it requires a whole nother level of auditing. It does. It does. And it ha- it requires a layer of auditing that also is uh, the production firm has to be audited to your standards and local standards in terms of the the creation of that product, which sometimes is difficult when you're dealing with so many different jurisdictions. But Michael, um, just looping back on something from earlier, your firm is producing, you know, molecules for distribution through the the pharmaceutical industry. Um, are you producing only your own, or are you also doing contract on behalf of others? Because obviously, that's a that's a big opportunity in the marketplace. Yeah, we're definitely we're definitely making the APIs more more to show diversity. Um, you know, there's no the only the only uh, viable use for them right now is research and development for other companies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and to some extent, um, to some extent, that's a great, uh, great place to be, but we're not necessarily focused on being API producers. Uh, we will have the, probably the largest suite of them uh, because we're just using the US know-how to produce them, um, even on their semis, we'll make some semi-synthetics, right. uh, you know, so we'll bring all of those tech and see how it all falls out. Um, but the real the the money for us is actually getting registered uh, medicine, so getting our market authorization. Uh, because Portugal, unlike Germany or other countries, um, sees cannabis just like any other medicine or herbal medicine, and sees that as an EU authorized medicine. Whereas a company like Germany, uh, they consider it magisterial prep, where you know the pharmacists have to do compounding, and that's a big differentiator and advantage for Portugal. Uh, where we can actually have a registered medicine in the market, um, you know, within one year's time. Yeah, that is a huge advantage and difference. Um, Michael, for people who want to learn more about Samai and some of the opportunities uh, with regards to the European market or looking in terms of production partners or leads around that, how should they contact you and how should they learn more about your business? Yeah, definitely go to www.somipharma.eu. Well, uh, I think in the next week or two, there'll be a whole brand new website for you to reach us on. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you for joining us this week on the Green Peak, Michael. It's been great having you and I hope to see you again soon. Great. Thanks for having me. I liked it. All right. And thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back again with you next week. I'm Richard Zwicky on the Green Peak.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.